Daniel chapter 5, beginning at verse 1 and going through verse 6. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, when he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple, which was in Jerusalem, and that the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem, and the king and, its, and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, and of brass, and of iron, of wood, and of stone. In that same hour came forth the fingers of a man's hand, and rode over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts were troubled him, so that the joints of his, knee, of his loins were loosed, and his knees smote one against the other. Thank you, Dean. <coughs> uh, Belshazzar was the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar and the son of Nabodinius. Now, secular history tells us that Nabodinius was engaged uh, in a military campaign elsewhere, and administration of the kingdom was left in Belshazzar's hand. And so we see that uh, in that sense, in verse 1, it says, Belshazzar the king, he was in charge. But the Medes and the Persians were right at the door of the kingdom when he decided to throw a big party uh, that evening. And in arranging that big feast, it was very reckless. Now, I want you to notice that... Uh, Frequently in scripture, uh, big social events always end up in disaster. The birthday parties of Pharaoh and Herod, the sheep-shearing celebrations of Nabal and Absalom, then the glittering banquets of Asiorus and Belsa, all of these issued in tragedy. Now, with the city completely under siege, and I'm expecting that because it was surrounded by the Medes and the Persians, there would have been rationing as well. This was a reckless thing for Belshazzar to do. Now, as usual, even in extreme situations, we know that the ruling classes, they look after themselves, don't they? You know, while the people are suffering, the ruling classes are usually uh, secure in their gated compounds and looking after their own interests. And this situation also, it looks like uh, uh, there's a lot of injustice here. Now, what did the Lord Jesus say that we should do when uh, we make a feast? We find that in Luke chapter 14 and verse 13. Luke chapter 14 and verse 13, when thou uh, makest a feast, call the poor. 
That's what the Lord Jesus said. This was the Lord Jesus speaking. When you make a feast, call the poor. But who are the ones who were at this feast? I want you to notice verse 1. A thousand of his lords. A thousand of his lords. There was no poor at this feast. Next, I want you to notice this. The outrageous behavior that we read about in this chapter was fueled by alcohol. Now, look at verse 1. In your Bibles, it says, drank wine. Then in verse 2, it says, tasted the wine. Then in verse 2 again, it says that the king, and then later on, might drink. And then look at verse 3. The king, and then at the end, drank. And then look at uh, verse 4. They drank. So, as you can see, the behavior that day was fueled by alcohol. Now, the dangers of alcohol cannot be overstressed. Here, it made Belshazzar to defy God, all this alcohol that he had consumed. Now, uh, I want to give you a, another example from Scripture so that you can compare the behavior. Uh, Genesis, please turn with me to Genesis chapter 19, please. Genesis chapter 19. And I'll ask Dean to please read this for us. Uh, verses 30 to 38. Genesis chapter 19. Verses 30 to 38, please. Genesis chapter 19, verses 30 to 38. And Lot went up out of Zoar and dwelt in the mountain and his two daughters with him. For he feared to dwell in Zoar. And he dwelt in a cave, he and his two daughters. And the firstborn said unto the younger, Our father is old, and there is not a man on the, in the earth to come in unto us after the manner of all the earth. Come, let us make our father drink wine, and we will lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And that they made their father drink wine that night, and the firstborn went in and lay with her father. And he perceived not when she laid down, nor when she arose. And it came to pass on the morrow that the firstborn said unto the younger, Behold, I lay yesternight with my father. Let us make him drink wine this night also, and go thou in and lie with him, that we may preserve seed of our father. And they made their father drink wine that night also. And the younger arose and lay with him, and he perceived not when she lay down nor when she arose. Thus were both of the daughters of Lot with child by their father. And the firstborn bare a son, and called his name Moab, the same as the father of the Moabites unto this day. Thank you, Dean. Yes. Now, you will all agree with me that this is a terrible, terrible incident where Lot's daughters slept with their father. And... Uh, you may say to me that this is what happens to the ungodly 
when they are backslidden, but this will not happen to the mature believer. Uh, and the mature believer can handle it and know where to draw the line. So I would like to give you uh, another example, but this time an example of a man which the scripture says who walked with God. And let us turn please to Genesis chapter 9. Genesis chapter 9. And uh, I will ask Dean please to read three verses, 20 to 23 please, four verses. Genesis chapter 9. I'm sorry. The Genesis 9, 20 Gen to 23. Genesis chapter 9, verses 20 to 23. And Noah began to be an husbandman, and he planted a vineyard, and he drank of the wine and was drunken, for he was uncovered within his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brethren without. And Shem and Japheth took a garment and laid it upon their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were backward, and they saw not their father's nakedness. And Noah awoke from his wine and knew what his younger son had done unto him, and said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants shall be he unto his brethren. And Thank he said, Blessed be the Lord God of Shem, and Canaan shall be his servant. Thank you. Now, uh, this is a little known fact that after Noah had great victory, uh, in the incident with the ark, uh, and everybody was looking up to this man of God that walked with God, uh, what happened was that he planted a vineyard, and then uh, he became drunk with wine, and that led to this incident. So the lesson is, without doubt, abstinence is the safest policy for us from any form of alcohol. Belshazzar's behavior that day, as I showed you in verse 1, verse 2, verse 3, verse 4, it was all fueled by drinking. And then that led him to do terrible things against God. Now let's go back, please, to Daniel chapter 5 again. And now we are in verse 2. And uh, Belshazzar's behavior, next I want you to notice, demonstrate the... Uh, the human heart, how much it hates God. The human being always wants to go against God. And uh, Belshazzar, what he did was, notice in verse 2, that he commanded the people to bring the gold and silver vessels from the temple. He wanted to use what was in the temple for his drunken orgy. Now you see, uh, it is wonderful to notice that even in a pagan court like this where they were misbehaving so much, that God's vessels from the temple had been preserved. Perhaps some of the lords and the ladies of that time, they were um, not comfortable with what was going on and that they had taken careful uh, uh, interest in looking after these vessels from the temple. But Belshazzar, what he did was that he asked for these 
vessels to be brought to him so that he could use it for this party so that they could drink wine and get drunk. Now, I want you to notice that when the people joined in this party, uh, there may have been some good people there because they had preserved the temple vessels. But it's notice in verse 4, it says, they drank wine. That means that everyone got involved in this drinking wine and getting involved in this great big party. Now, sometimes uh, we also get caught up in what is known as crowd uh, behavior or we also get pushed along with the wave. Now, um, we have to be cautious when we are with a group of people because if they are unbelievers, they may also push us to do the wrong thing. Now, in Exodus chapter 23 and verse 2, the Bible tells us that thou shalt not follow a multitude to do evil. When you're in your workplace, when you're in your school, uh, you may come across situations where you are having to force to mix with unbelievers. Make sure that what all of them do does not, uh, you also don't join in with the crowd. In Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 10, uh, there is a proverb that says this, My son, if sinners entice thee, consent thou not. Let that be our policy. Belshazzar took a thousand of his lords and they all began to drink wine together. There was masses uh, uh, there together and they all joined in together. Let us make sure that we avoid such situations. Then I want to move, uh, move on next to verse 5. In the same hour came forth a fingers of a man's hand. As they were drinking, suddenly on the wall, fingers of a man's hand began to write. Whose fingers were these? Now, in Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3, uh, the Bible tells us this. Psalm chapter 8 and verse 3. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers. You see, it was the great creator that used his fingers to make creation. And then have a uh, look at this verse from scripture. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. Exodus chapter 31 and verse 18. The tables of stone were written with the finger of God. So you see on this occasion, when Belshazzar was drinking and partying and this finger suddenly appeared on the wall, whose finger was it? It was God. God was bringing a message to Belshazzar. Now this proud king who was uh, without any thought of God, uh, was willing to bring a thousand of his lords and party, see what happens when God gets involved. Verse 6, the king's countenance changed 
and he was troubled and his loins were loosened and his knees smote against each other. Now, I don't know how to describe this to you, but the only thing I can think of is, you know, uh, the feeling you would have if you knew the police were on their way to arrest you. Your knees would be shaking when you're about to face the law, when you're about to face judgment. Well, the king felt it at that very moment. And so what did they do? They called various, uh, we didn't read this verse now, I'm moving on. Verse 7, they called various Chaldeans and other astrologers and soothsayers, and none of them were able to tell Belshazzar what was the writing that was on the wall. And so Daniel, enter Daniel, he was called. God's power was now going to be shown uh, over uh, men. Now you see at Mount Carmel, the weight of numbers gave the prophet, uh, prophets of Baal no advantage over Elijah. In the stronghold of the cult Diana, God allowed special miracles that could not be replicated by exorcist. And here, God was going to allow a man who was in touch with God to read the writing that is on the wall. Now, some people, I want you to notice Daniel's attitude when he is called. And we see that... Um, in verse 17. In verse 17, Daniel says, I will read the writing. Now, Daniel had been overlooked, even though he had done great things. We noticed previously in Daniel chapter 1, Daniel chapter 2, when we had been through, Daniel had done many great things. But this king had overlooked Daniel and had called others, soothsayers, Chaldeans. He hadn't listened to what his grandfather Nebuchadnezzar had said about Daniel. Here's the lesson. Daniel had been sidelined by the current regime. Some people become a bit peevish when they are overlooked. But Daniel, he held no feelings of injured pride and he cooperated. As soon as he was called, he said, I will read the writing." Let us be like Daniel. Uh, sometimes we need to rise above slights, whether perceived or real. We may think people are ignoring us or people are doing this to us. No, let us have the right attitude. When we are called to serve God, let us be ready to do whatever the master commands us to do. Then I want you to notice also in verse 17, he says, I will read the writing... Uh, and he does not want any gifts or rewards. No gifts or rewards. Now, religion should never be a medium for personal gain or self-advancement. There have been people, various people in the Bible that we can see that they did use uh, it for their personal gain. But also there are wonderful examples in the Bible of great men who have not used God or religion for their personal gain. Here, Daniel said he did not want any gifts or rewards. Now in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 15 and 16, we have the example of Elisha the prophet 
and how he did not take, accept any gifts when he did something. And also in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 18, uh, Paul said, when I preach the gospel, I make the gospel of Christ without charge. There is no financial benefit for us when we are serving God. Let that be a lesson for us. Then uh, I've only got 10 minutes left, so I'm going to move on very quickly. Now, we will go towards the end of the chapter, and I want you to notice this. Why is it that God decided to punish Belshazzar? Why is it that God decided to take action? I want you to notice this. Now we will look in verse 22. Daniel tells Belshazzar, And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart. So the first reason why God took action against Belshazzar? Pride. He had not humbled his heart. Now we must learn from the lessons that have been given before us. The Bible has been given and we have to learn from all the examples that are there in the Bible. Belshazzar had the example of his uh, grandfather Nebuchadnezzar. He could have learned the lessons, but he didn't. Let us make sure that we learn the lessons and remove all traces of pride from our life and give God the glory. Then I want you to notice next, uh, pride was his first fault. Secondly, in verse 23, we see that it says, And has lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven. That means defiance against God. That is what Belshazzar did. Any commands that are given in the Bible, we are meant to follow. If we do not follow the commands that are given in the Bible, we are in defiance of God. Belshazzar decided to defy God, and what happened? Well, this turned out to be his last day on earth. Now, uh, some people may say, you know, there are so many commandments in the Bible, we cannot follow them all. Perhaps some of the smaller, least commandments, you know, you don't expect us to follow those, do you? Well, let me tell you this. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 19, this is what the Lord Jesus said. Whosoever shall break one of these least commandments, that means the Lord Jesus said even the smallest commandments, he wanted us to follow. So it doesn't give us any latitude. There is no leeway. Even the least commandments, God is expecting us to follow from the word of God. Belshazzar, he defied God and he did not follow any of his commandments. Then next I want you to notice in verse 23, uh, the next reason why this happened to Belshazzar was his irreverence that he showed God. And it was expressed the way he misused the holy vessels from the uh, tabernacle, the temple. And then uh, in verse 23, also right at the end of verse 23, we see that it says, Thou hast not glorified. He did not glorify God. Now, this is a very important lesson. 
to please God, we have to glorify God. Now, uh, Herod, he had a great ego and he did not glorify God. That's what ended up in his downfall. In Acts chapter 12, verses 21 to 23, we see this. Acts chapter 12 and verses 21. Herod was on his throne and then we go on to verse 22. He made an oration and the people uh, recognized Herod as though it was a voice from God. And then verse 23, and immediately the angel of the Lord smote him because he gave not God the glory. That's why Herod died. Why did Herod die? Because he did not give God the glory. Psalm 115 verse 1. This is what our mindset should be. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but unto thy name give glory. Let us be uh, those that learn this very important lesson. This is what God wants us to do. Luke chapter 18 and verse 43. Uh, the blind man, immediately when he received his sight, he followed him glorifying God. This is what we have to do. We have to follow God glorifying him. That's what he wants us to do. And so, uh, coming to the end here, I've got another three or four minutes. I want you to notice one more uh, important point here. And uh, we know about the writing on the wall and what it said. We can see that in verses 25, 26, and 27. Now, the writing on the wall spelled disaster for Belshazzar. And how did this come about? Well, I want you to notice in verse 27, uh, there are three or four very important words there. It says in verse 27, thou art weighed in the balances. Weighed in the balances. What God is doing is that he is looking into each and every one of your lives and he is weighing it in the balance. When he weighed Belshazzar's life in the balance that day, he saw the pride, he saw the mockery of God, he saw the way he was drinking wine, he saw the way he was using the uh, vessels from the temple. And you cannot mock God. You cannot just treat God lightly. Once you are a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, he expects a certain standard from you. And what did God do? He weighed Belshazzar in the balances. And it came out the wrong side for Belshazzar. And immediately it says, the Bible says, uh, in that night there was no waiting. Because why? This man was mocking God. He was taking the vessels from the temple and he was using that to drink. So let us also make sure that when our lives are weighed in the balances, that we are not found wanting. Let us be found to be those who are following the word of God. Let us be found to be those that are glorifying God's name. Let us be found to be those 
that are bringing glory to the name of our God. Now in Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, there is a fearful warning for us. God is not mocked. We cannot do things we are outside, uh, when we are not here uh, at church, we can do anything that we want and get away with it. No, the Bible says that God is not mocked. No one can outmaneuver God. We cannot uh, think that we are smarter than him, that we can do things and get away. No. Belshazzar found that out that night. Let us also make sure that we take it as a warning. So how do we need to serve God? Well, uh, Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28, with that I will finish, it's exactly 8.10. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse 28. Let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. That is what we need to do. Reverence. Did Belshazzar show reverence? No. Godly fear. Did Belshazzar show godly fear? No. We need to serve God with reverence and godly fear. We dare not treat God or the things of God with impunity. Consequences are inevitable. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we thank Thee for the um, lessons from Scripture that have been given to us as a way for us to learn and apply in our life. We thank Thee for the examples that are there in the Bible for us to follow. We uh, thank Thee for the life of Daniel, our father, and that he was a man who was always willing to serve Thee when called upon. We thank Thee, our father, that he was willing to stand up to the king and tell him about his pride, about his defiance of God. We pray, our Father, that we too would be those who would serve thee acceptably with reverence, that we would have fear in our life for God. So, our Father, part us with thy blessings. We ask this in the Savior's name. Amen.